we are going to continue what we've been doing is, is going through this conversation, but we've been in a message series of collecting talks that we've entitled Journey. That we have this journey in life. And I want you, as you live life, to live your life on purpose. To, to live with a life that's fulfilled. But I also know in this journey called life, you have so many ups and downs and ups and downs that it, it wants to just throw you off course and, and throw you off from God's purpose in your life to keep you paralyzed from taking a next step forward. That's our mission at Creative Church. I just want you to take your next step of faith with Jesus, whatever that is. So for so many of us, we think of, well, here's the mountaintop view, here's the summit, and that is so far away on this journey of where I want to go. I still got a couple peaks and valleys I got to get to to get to this destination. There's no way I can get there. And, and to me, that's, that's overwhelming. But what's not overwhelming is, can I just take the one step that is right in front of me? Can we just focus in on, on that as we, take, as we go through this journey? And so what we've been doing in this series, I want you to be able to walk in your purpose to see that you have a strong anchor in Jesus Christ. And your faith is, is not a house of cards. But on this journey of high and low, we question sometimes, am I saved? Because I struggle with sin. I, I screw up all the time. Am I really? And we talked about that. We talked about, do I have to worry about that one? We talked about the fact that, you know, on this journey, I don't always feel God. Is he real? Like, I, I, I don't, you know, I, he's silent. And why did this thing happen? This bad thing happened in my life. Why, would, why is life so hard? Maybe this thing isn't all it seems to be. And so we've asked some tough questions because we're going to face these things as we go through this journey. And we've said, your, your faith has a solid anchor here as you go through. So it's okay to have questions. It's okay to doubt. In fact, we said lean into them. In fact, we're doing a whole series on your questions because we believe on the other side of the questions, on the other side of your doubt, is discovery, to keep leaning into God. So in this section of Scripture, is this section of talks, she says, why are you talking to me? All right, we set this, you gotta, I'm not going to go through all the context again as to, because I did this a couple weeks ago, and you can watch that one. We said, am I enough? The situation here is she's a, she's a woman, she's a Samaritan. This conversation should not be happening. She's coming up in, at noon time, and, and we see in this conversation the fact that she's been married five times. She's living with someone who is not her husband right now. He's even an outcast within her own community. You would be coming out at noon time by yourself. That's something you would do earlier in the morning or later in the evening. And so this woman, she has had, has been a victim of some things, but she is also responsible of some things that she's been chasing in her life, and we're going to talk about that. But the fact that Jesus even has this conversation we set up and we wanted that you are enough. That so many of us, we, we live in this life of, um, comparison where where we don't feel like we measure up we have failed in some way or we we compare to what other that other family is doing on Facebook and or what they're what they've achieved that person's younger and they're more successful and so I want to ask the question today 
What is your, your definition of enough? How do you define enough? Because some of us in this room, we would say, wait, we want to say this, actually. Well, I, I am enough, right? We, 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 we talked about that in a couple of weeks ago. So I am enough, and we would, we would say that that's it. But when it actually goes to, to living life, a lot of us are pursuing something more. And I want to know what that is, to go beneath the surface here. What, what is your definition of enough? Is it to make someone happy? If they would just be happy, then I would be happy. Are you seeking someone's approval? If I, I want my, my dad to be proud of me. If that's not a bad thing to have all like that, but is that, I just want him to say he's proud of me. Some of you are pursuing uh, something. If I, I, I would be more satisfied if I could just get that. Maybe it's a, a certain dollar amount in your bank account. Maybe if I, at a certain amount, that would be enough. What is enough for you? How do you, you, define enough? Is it a certain diagnosis? If I would just be healed, if I just didn't have this diagnosis, if I just had my health, then that would be enough. This is the thing that I want in my life. Is it a next level of achievement? Is it a certain amount of success? Is it a, hey, I'm be satisfied once I get the letters P, H, D, Behind my last name. Been working my butt off that and pay a lot for it. It'll be nice what that was it. What is your definition of enough? I don't know what it is. I can sit down and nitpick all day long and go through the list. Eventually, I would find yours. But to save us some time, you probably know what that is. I, you know, I don't know where you're going to get this water. You don't have the rope, you don't have the bucket, this thing's deep. He's like, uh-uh, 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 uh-uh. Not the surface level stuff. Oh, I'm, I'm enough, I'm enough. We know that theologically, but I want to know what is your definition of enough? What are you pursuing? What are you stressed about? What are you worried about? What is dominating your conversation? What is just overwhelming you with fear and anxiety? Who are you comparing yourself to and judging your, yourself by? When you see that, that family or that marriage or their kids and the way their kids are and the way we don't figure out, we all do these things. And so we figure in order to be enough or in order to be someone, I have to do something. I, I have to, to, to do things. And we talked about how, no, with a relationship with God, and as we see in this conversation, this lady didn't have to do anything to be somebody in God's eyes. What it was is not about becoming somebody. But life is more about realizing that you already are someone. You don't have to do something in order to be someone. You already are. You start to get this. When you start to understand this, this idea of am I enough, and you're trying to get this, and your definition of enough, oh my goodness, it starts to radically change your perspective. You get like some new glasses with some clear vision for your life. 
Jesus says, I, I don't need that water. I got living water. She says, ah, give me some of this water then. Then I'll never be thirsty. And I won't have to come here for water anymore. She's still thinking surface level. I'll just be a little bit vulnerable with you. I struggle with this all the time. What is your definition of enough? For me, it is so wrapped up in work. I love what I do. I want to be successful. There's nothing wrong with that. You want to be successful in your work. But so much of my work, so much of am I enough, is how is my work performance going? Am I performing? And, and not a performance way, but like, guys, we like to perform. We want to be successful. Nothing wrong with that, but it can be unhealthy. It can go to unhealthy extremes to where, you know what, if I fire up a dud on a Sunday when I preach, then I guess I'm no good. And that has no bearing on whether or not I'm good enough in God's eyes. There was a guy, uh, a podcaster that I listened to, John Deloney, and he uh, uh, was talking one day about how it was over, over break and he was doing some exercise stuff in his house down in the basement. And he, did, he, he, he goes and does speaking engagements and different things like that. And he gets a text message from one of his uh, coworkers saying, hey, you just landed this speaking gig. And it was a really big one, one that he really, really wanted. And not only did he land that speaking gig, but they said, hey, we got to line up for another one. And so as he's doing this workout, apparently in his house in his basement, he's pumped and he's out of church. And so his wife comes down the stairs and says, hey, we're cheering for your work. What's going on? And he said, um, I'm going to this gig, the one that I've really been wanting, you know, this is great. And he was sharing this story on his podcast and sharing his wife's point of view of, of, about this. And the wife, as she kind of looked back on that, said, I was watching my husband die in front of me. And he said she normally, when it comes to conflict, kind of, kind of steps back, doesn't get too, too, too affront. But he and said it caught her off, caught him off guard because in this moment she stepped forward, and she said, "John, in the, the pie that is my, 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 the, my love for you, in the, the pie shape that is in how much money." we have it's it's full i i i got i got I, we're good here and so she says i you you from this point on you can go do whatever you want with these speaking gifts but don't make the mistake of thinking that you're doing it for us or you are doing this for the kids this is for your ego what a gut punch. She said, John, we have enough. From surface level, I'm trying to do some soul work today. What is your definition of enough? And who are you doing it for? I'd love preaching and speaking to be as a pastor. But I am not immune from getting up here and asking the top question, what is enough? And who are you doing it for? Because very much so, I could get caught, and I'm doing this for me. 
Now, I know all the right answers to say to you, I'm in church, I've grown up in his glory. But every now and then, i got to go to some level and do a gut check to say, you know what, uh-uh, Mike's feeding his own ego here. Let's get that in check. I wonder if you were having a conversation one-on-one with Jesus today, what would he bring up to you? Sir, please give me this water. I want some of this. I'm going to drink an aquafina and the sanding, and I don't want any of that. I got a soda stream. Thank you, Jesus, for the soda stream. Anybody got a soda stream? I'm not preaching to anybody. You know what I'm talking about. They're amazing. All right. Uh, I don't want to do that. Tell me where this water is. And he says, go get your husband. Now, that was her bite. All right. She, she was going from relationship to relationship to relationship. That's the clue, the indication that we get from this conversation. Her enough was through relationships. And it never satisfied. We shoot for temporary fixes. You're taking a pill to numb off the pain. You're watching nine hours of Netflix to just escape. Temporary fixes will always leave you thirsty, and there's only one well that will satisfy. Jesus is saying, I, I'm the one that satisfies. All, you will go to chase enough, but this world will never have enough for your enough. Whatever it is, you get, you get the help. You have the miracle healing. Great, fantastic. It still will not satisfy. You get you get the PhD. Great. It still will not satisfy. What what is your definition of enough? And I promise, I guarantee you, when and if you get it, it will not satisfy. You will be searching for the next thing. The next thing to quench your thirst, and it never ends. I pray today that you will find out that the thing you've been searching for is Jesus all along. That no matter what circumstances come your way, he's the one you've been searching for. Jesus says this. I'm not talking about surface level stuff. He says, those who drink the water I give them will never be thirsty again. If you have the fresh bubbling spring within them, giving them eternal life. Get this, it's not only that it will quench your thirst, but when Jesus fills your life and fills your soul, you, life-giving water start flowing from you. You're a river of life, a bubbling spring. Helping others. What a powerful claim. As, they, as the woman continues on this conversation, she goes, I know the Messiah is coming. In verse 25, the one who is called Christ. When he comes, he will explain everything to us. And that Jesus could get any more clear as day as to who he is. Like he says, Jesus told her, I am the Messiah. What's so amazing is the religious leaders, if you read through the Gospels, they're all trying to figure out, who are you, man? Would you just tell us? Can you just tell us gladly who you are? And then this one woman, this insignificant woman, and he's a Samaritan, and by herself, out there. She gets 
thing gets this is so beautiful. There's so this is why I want to spend three weeks on this conversation. This was so beautiful when you just tell us I am the Messiah. I am the one. There is no one else coming. I am God. I am the Savior of the world. I am the millionth one. The one that all the history books I have been pointing to, it's me. What a mind blowing statement here. Just then the disciples came back because they were looking for food. And we're gonna they have a conversation with Jesus shortly after this. We're gonna look at that one uh next week. They were shocked to find him talking to a woman. But none of them had the nerve to ask, what do you want to do with her? Why are you talking to her? Man, you gotta watch out for religious people. Watch out the church people are the worst. These are the guys hanging with Jesus talking smack. And you go, you we've been burned by her, by church people talking this way. And that was the, I'll get to that in a second. I'm jumping ahead. The woman left her. I, I love this. They started talking smack. Well, you could kind of read what was on their face. They didn't say it. They didn't have the nerve to ask it. But sometimes you know what people are thinking. Uh, anyway, she leaves. The woman left her water jar beside the well and ran back to the village, telling everyone, "Come and see the man who told me everything I ever did. Could he possibly be the Messiah?" Good question. So they ask questions. So the people came streaming to the village to see him. And that whole village changed, by the way, when they met Jesus. Through one conversation, this woman walked in with shame. She left out with her life and her soul changed. And not only did it change her life, it changed her whole community. That's my hope for right here in Los Alamos today. Through one person who gets this message, goes beyond surface level, lets this thing sink into the soul level, you let God do that work, and then God transforms the community around you. That's my prayer. That's why I want you on this journey of highs and lows. Don't get tripped up on the lows. Don't get tripped up on the highs either. You keep your eyes focused right in on Jesus. As you go through this journey of highs and lows, number one, don't sit with I'm not enough. Don't sit with I'm not enough. They came in, they didn't have the nerve to ask. Why are you talking to her? What's he doing with her? They're judging. They're going off of what the culture says. She gets up and leaves. Do not sit in the company of not enough. I'm not saying, if you're a teenager, all right, I'm not saying you just get out of your house and say, well, mom and dad, or they're acting like this, and he's still I'm not saying you go and you cut ties with people. But you do need to set the boundaries. There are people in your life who are not building you up. There are people in your life that are making you feel less than, that are, that have spoken in you in such a way that you're sitting with all of them. And I'm just telling you, I, I will not allow that in my life. And the worst, the worst person of this is the man in the mirror. Do not sit with I'm not enough. And the way that you calm to yourself and the way that you treat yourself, right? If God is whispering something to you today, my next step, don't let all the questions of uncertainty, don't let their thoughts of like, do you know who you are? Do you know what you did last night? Do you know what you said? Like, you can't go be this Jesus follower guy. Like, look at all the stuff you got racked up here. Don't worry about you. Don't sit with not enough. You're beautiful. You're smart. You're talented. 
They're strong. I still, I, I, I've been coaching baseball this summer with eight, nine, and ten year olds, eleven year olds. I love it. It's fun. But what has been so interesting as I'm coaching these guys, every single, every single day, it is like a counseling session with these guys. I got coaches, Coach Swain back there has been helping me out with the mechanics. I don't know baseball mechanics. I'm like, just throw the ball hard, just swing hard. I don't know. Keep your eyes on them. I know the, the general stuff. But these guys, they'll swing and miss. And you see their, their shoulders slump. They strike out, and the tears start coming. They throw them all, and it goes steady over someone else, and they fall up between the lights. And when you talk to these guys, it's, I'm no good. I, I can't pitch. I can't pitch. I'm no, I just said uh, And I'm like, you are a great hitter. Everyone strikes out. It gets your head up. I got I got to undo. Someone told them that they weren't going to, that they weren't going to enter. Someone from the other team laughed at them. They had so many failures. They told themselves, "I can't do this." And as a coach, uh, and as a pastor today, in this time here, I start to undo a lot of years of someone telling them that they're not enough, or they're not good enough, or that they can't. They can't. Some of you have been sitting for decades with that, and it's going to take some time. I don't got to sit there anymore. Some of you guys just got to make that decision today. I'm not going to sit I'm going to, hey, I'm going to be in the room with this person, but this stuff, I'm just off the shoulder. I hear it, but I am not letting that sink into my soul. That's what I'm talking about. Don't, don't sit with not enough. Why is he talking to her? I, I, I have no business with that. She gets up. Two, reminders. You need to remember what God did or what God did say. I like when she, she went back into the town and she said, come and see a man who told me everything I ever did. When she walked into that conversation, she walked in thirsty. For what? We also know she was thirsty for relationships. So you're thirsty. And not because we ran out of water earlier today. You're like, where's the water at today? You're, like, you're thirsty. And there's only one well that's going to quit. She went in not wanting to talk about everything that she had done. She went at noon time to go be alone. Jesus brings up, go get your husband. She changes the topic. She left Phil. Not bringing a bucket. She left the bucket that she was full. Telling People, come talk about the things that I was doing. So when she was now past that community, all the things that she was ashamed of, now I've been brought into the light. And she's like, let's talk about these things because I think this guy's the one. I think he's the one that we've all been looking for. God can take those things that you are ashamed of, put it into his hand that he can use it for his glory. Come and look. You need to be reminded of what God's done in your life. I had a moment here not too long ago, a few weeks ago. And I, we call these God sightings, all right? We call these God, where did we see God move in your life? Or where did we see God move in somebody else's life? And you need to tell these stories. Telling people what you've seen and what you've heard. When God does something in your life, tell somebody. They don't submit to it. But a couple weeks ago, if you were here, I shared a message. And when I get off the stage, I'll just be honest with you, I'm a little bit guarded. 
Okay, I'd love to talk to you guys, but I also I'm like, oh my gosh, I showed you much as many times as you, whatever. And so I'm a little bit guarded, and you guys are so encouraging. Okay, I love this church. You guys are so so. A lot of times when I talk, you're sharing about, hey, this is where God spoke to me. Uh, hey, that was a good message or whatever. So I love, but I'm also guarded because I don't want to get too high on myself. All right. I don't want to walk into my head with a big head, or into my house with a big head, and I didn't even sit through the door. So I'm guarded. I'm like, hey, take the compliment, say thank you, but don't get a big head. Take heart. Same thing with the negative, all right? I'm, I'm okay. I'm a leader. Sometimes they come in, and it's like, you know what? That wasn't, you know, the slightest little thing. And that can get me snowballing, like, oh, you're a terrible creature, you're a bad pastor, or whatever. So I stay guarded, all right? And I don't need to snowball. Someone could not like the message. In fact, stats say like 10 to 20% of you hate this right now. That's fine. All right. I get that. But stay guarded. Just stay level. If someone doesn't like it, it's not the end of the world. It's fine. We keep moving forward. So a lady comes up to talk to me. And she's brand new, first time here. And she waited until everybody else had done talk. She comes over. And I'm like, okay, stay guarded. I don't know who this person is. Well, I, I know, but I don't know them or whatever. I don't know what they're going to say. They just stay guarded. And she grabbed my hand and she said, Mike, I don't know why, but God has just been telling me to let you know that you are enough. I had all the walls up, okay? I'm like, walls up, never penetrating. The walls came crumbling down. Whatever God told her to speak, she will obey. I needed to hear that that day. I didn't know I needed to hear it, but said, you are not. And it spoke right to my soul. I've had too many of those whispers. And those so I was nudged, a little God's like, but we're waiting for God to say, I see you. I'm here with you. Keep going. You're on the right path. It's hard, but keep going. And you are, it just support. You are enough. Father. Walls down. Okay, God. Thank you. Thank you. I need to remind, remind myself, what has God done? What has God done in your life? Remind yourself, because you might be going through that. What are you got? I don't understand. I don't hear you. This is painful. But he has moved in the past. He's always been faithful. You won't always feel him. He promises to be with you. And so I'm going to remind myself of the times he was, because I know that he is, even though sometimes there's a moment. He's there. I may not see him now. I, I guarantee you, when we walk down this path, are you going to give you that little God? you like, ah, he was there the whole time. He was there the whole time. Last one I'm going to close out with this. If you really want to seem in, like, you want to seem this into your soul, all right? God's been speaking to you. I don't know what it is. He's been trying to define your enough, and he's giving you a next step to take. All right? We're here. I hear it. Okay? Yeah, I can think about it, but. If you want to sing this into your soul, don't just think about it. Don't just take notes about it. Go and take action on what God has spoken to you. Her next step, we're out of there. She had a conversation with Jesus. She had a little God sighting. He's your side. He's the one. And it's she with it all connected. You want to, whatever God's speaking to you today, go and do it. That's really going to plant that seed into your soul and say, this is God's moment in my life. She had no guarantees on how that communication with her husband, or not her husband at the time, but 
The man she was living with that night, she knew how he was going to take it. She didn't know what her community was going to say when she went back and said, hey, I met this guy. Is he the one? She had no guarantees on the outcome. But that didn't stop her. I can't give you any guarantees on your next step. I can't give you any certainty. This is the mystery of God. This is the adventure of a lifetime with our God, the Creator. I wish He was more clear, but if He was more clear, I would be on the stage. Because if God will play out the blueprint for your life and say, here's where I'm going to take you, you say, no way, they'll show you one at a time where you trust him with that one step. What would your life look like with a little bit more trust? What would your life look like with a little bit more faith? You've got a nudge. You've got a God whisper. You got in that step, but would you take it? If I don't need you to take this step, there's a coworker that needs you to take this next step. There's a community and a world that needs you to take this next step. You've got the best message in the world. God loves you. And you don't have to earn it. You don't have to do something to see someone in his eyes. Everyone is welcome. Everyone is loved. There's someone in here that you know that's in your circle of influence that needs to give this message. They need to see you take that step of faith. Start trusting in your mind. And trust more in God. Trust the whisper. Trust the nudge. Make this summer the season of belief. That's what I wrote in my notes. When you truly believe I am enough, and this God is faithful, I can trust him with this man. Because you're going to go on an adventure that you don't know where you're going to go. Scary, painful, hard, but always that. In one conversation with God, with Jesus, she walked in with shame and left on mission, and it set that region free. So, so he can with that, can we stand? And can we pray?